Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back to Voice Logs. Uh, this is uh, episode two or track two. I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to even title these, but this is some sort of second segment to whatever your Voice Logs is going to become, right? So for this second segment, actually, let me just tell you what's going on right now. Well, it is Tuesday at 3:22, and I am headed home and on this lovely bright 82 degree Tuesday I am well today I really just started oh hold on hold on before I even get started in that let me just go over from last episode or the last segment whatever it's gonna be again uh, from uh, from that episode I think I said that it was my first week of school at that point it's actually my third it's been two weeks well, I'm technically my third week of school now, second day of the third week of school, uh, first two weeks, and then a week before that, I had orientation. So I've been in school for, I guess you could say, almost a month now. And I know a lot of people this week are just starting their school, starting their uh, undergrad education, a lot of them, which is a lot of fun. I know my cousin, he's also starting. Uh, you know him. He's appeared in uh, many episodes of Game Chat. So... It's an exciting time for a very large amount of people. A lot of kids getting into college and experiencing the college experience. And I think now as a graduate of uh, undergrad and headed into medical school, I can offer some kind of advice for those that are just headed into their undergrad and worried about what it's going to be like and what it's going to entail the people that they're going to meet, the professors that they're going to meet and they're going to be scared of and the exams that they're going to think they're going to fail, but they're really not. You know, you're going to do great if you put your mind to it. If you love what you do, you're going to do well. But then you say, you can say right back to me, how do I know what I love to do? I'm in undergrad to discover what I love to do. I'm an undecided. And it's hard for me. I don't know. I'm just doing my my basic prereqs and stuff like that. How do I figure out where I'm going to head? Well, you know what? It just takes time. It takes time to do that. It takes time to figure out where you want to go and what you want to do. But before we even get there, before we talk about the deep future, let's talk about undergrad and just your classes and your schooling and your college experience they keep pushing college experience right what is a college experience when i just say that i just say the words college experience i think what comes to mind to very many people is the fraternity or sorority or greek life hanging out on campus drinking partying very late into the night and then cramming for exams oh and then and then you do it again all the next week you know for me if, if that's your college experience you know by all means if you can do that and you enjoy that go ahead but i think just a, a great piece of advice that i can give you if that's what you're going to college like a quote-unquote party school if that's what you're going to do and you're not going to really care about going to your classes or, or even passing your classes and moving forward, I think just save your money and just get an apartment near the school and then go see your friends at the campus. I think that's the best piece of advice I can give to you. 
because you're going to save yourself a heck ton in student loans and then student loan debt. And you know how much of a crisis that is right now. So there's from the from the beginning, if you're going to do that, I would say get your uh, priorities in check because college is you know what you have to make friends you know you're going to make friends and you're going to meet people and that's part of the college experience having fun with your friends is a huge part of it but killing off the main part of it which is doing well in your courses and excelling in whatever path that you want to be on if that falls then the dominoes all fall and it's it's pointless to even be there you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money so why even do it right makes completely no sense so that's that's from the beginning prioritize your schooling prioritize the being like the mindset of being in school so that that means you know your classes that means your exams that means being on top of your schedule and your studying and things like that and also your extracurriculars because of course you want to get involved in campus you want to do fun things you want to maybe join an intramural club maybe you're you play an instrument maybe you do a sport maybe you just want to do some sort of helping volunteer club whatever you want to do you, you give that time too because that's a huge part of whatever your your experience is going to be so enjoy those things but again always keep in mind that your studies the reason that you're paying to be there is going to be number one and maintain that and and I think right now in your first week of school just put that into your head and make sure that's there that's at the forefront of your mind because that's that's the whole reason you're there that's that's the main idea that is college right in and of itself college is a higher education a place of higher education wherever you go college university technical school you're there to learn something right so be there and learn something okay now we've got that covered I think that's the main getting into college the entry sort of spiel and little piece of advice that I can give you now when you're there how like here here's the main thing the main question that I usually get from people that are entering undergrad or just asking about how college is they're, they're just saying how do I, how do you study how do you study and how do you balance your classes and you're gonna get that in your undergrad, you're going to get that in your graduate. If you want to do professional schools, you're going to get that question. And you're always going to be battling this, you know, race of studying and maintaining your exams. And you're going to be fighting against so much content, depending on how you organize your schedule, that you have to learn. You have to understand. And here, here's the main thing. I think whatever you do you have to learn and understand what you're going to what what the major that you're in you have to understand the material and you have to connect to it because a lot of especially I was a bio major take my take myself for example I was a bio major in, in undergrad and a lot of the classes you could brute force memorize and regurgitate on the exams and you can do okay sure the higher level classes once you get into cell bio genetics and things like that it takes a little bit more brute force and it takes a little bit more memorization but that's the general idea of the study plan the thing is when you're doing that you're losing a lot of the point of being there because 
you're just passing classes at that point to reach something else. So for a lot of people, it's a pre-health. A lot of people at Loyola are pre-health or bio pre-health. Their track, right? And they just want to pass these courses so they can get into their health profession, be that medical school, dental school, optometry school, vet school, whatever it is. They just want to pass and get on to the next step. But I always, from I remember my uncle always kept, he kept saying this to me before I entered uh, college. He always said, this is a stepping stone. Everything is a stepping stone to something later in life. And if you don't step well, if you don't get your footing, you're going to trip and fall. So when you're stepping into college, step well. Understand what the material, understand why you're there and understand the, just the concepts and be able to, un, to think in a higher order and connect things, connect concepts and connect your classes and things like that. And I say that and you're like, what, what does that even mean? What does that mean to connect things in a higher order fashion and, and study and this like that? You know, I, what I think it means is that you can go beyond, just slightly beyond the material. I'll give you an example. So in my cell biology class, I had a professor who believed in three orders of questions. He said, my exam, be the, I think it was a 60 or 100 question exam. I'm not exactly, I don't remember. But he said... The exam had three orders of questions. He had the first order questions, which were basically from, he used PowerPoint. So they were basically from the PowerPoint. They're definition-based questions from the PowerPoint. If you know the definition, if you know whatever it is, you know the number, whatever it is, you get that question right. Basically, those are the memorization questions. Then, beyond that, he said, those are the memorization questions. Those you just... You know, they're stupid things like, you know, you got to memorize this number uh, for this uh, equation or you got to memorize this or that, you know, things that you can't really build on because they're just what they are. Like Avogadro's number, it's just or pi. It's just that number. You, if you have to memorize it, you memorize it. What can you do? So those are first order questions. And a lot, you know, a lot of the content that you receive, depending on your major, is going to be first order. So you just have to memorize that content. But what he always said, he always said the second and third order is much more important because there, that's where a lot of your learning is taking place. So what is second order question? Well, a second order question is a question that, how he put it, connected multiple slides. So going through a slideshow, the slideshow was his lecture. So he connected multiple slides. So in cell biology, he could connect the... the um, the mechanics of the plasma, the plasma membrane with something else, right? So say he connects the, the plasma membrane, which is the outer lining of the cell, with some sort of disease state in another slide. And how does that, how does that work? You know, just a random question like that. If this disease occurs, what happens to the plasma membrane? You know, uh, random questions like that. So that's a second-order question where you kind of have to take information from multiple sources and kind of just put it together, put it together to answer the question. And then the third-order question is the higher-order thinking. And that is really, can you build off this material? It's not going to be, he said, he, he said specifically, he's like, this material is not going to be in the slide. 
this material is going to be learned and it's going to be in your brain and only you can build off and understand and and kind of answer these questions so a lot in the cell biology class a lot of the what the third order questions were were just uh were more clinical based questions so if this happened to this thing what would happen to the person you know you're building off of the cells that we covered you know the very microscopic things and then you're moving on beyond that to see hey if i if this happens and i think about it this way and i think this and i think that you know what it may end up being that the person would suffer from x y or z so those are higher order thinking and and see that that I think that's the 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 the, tra- the pathway of learning that we have to go on when we're learning whatever we want to learn. We have to take into account a lot of what it is, wh- what the first order questions are. We have to take in a lot of that memorization. It's going to have to happen, but we can't stay there. We can't stay at the first order because there are there are going to be questions in life that require you to think on your feet require you to use your mind and connect concepts that you know and if you just stay at the first order if you just memorize everything you you won't be able to you're not you're not getting your solid footing in whatever material that you you encounter and you're putting yourself at an inherent disadvantage when you're moving on to whatever other school or whatever job that you end up moving on after your undergrad career The thing is, when you're learning to understand things, when you're learning how to understand them, you're learning how to learn and how to practice and how to move on and and take on new challenges and things like that. And I think, bottom line, a lot of the courses throughout our schooling, that's what they're trying to, to nail down. Because life is an experience of learning. Because everyone is learning. What is wisdom? Wisdom is intelligence, a lot of people would say, but it's not. Wisdom is intelligence intertwined with experience. Experience that comes from living and learning. When they say people are wise, they usually mean the elders, the wise elders. Because they have lived long enough to practice their intelligence and to learn and to gain information and understand it and I think that's what we have to learn when we're in school and that's what we have to stick to because we always complain that why would we have to learn this when am I going to need to know this but you know you may not need to know that the what the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell many would say but it's really the manufacturing plant for ATP synthesis uh, for ATP um, but yeah yeah you need to just learn you need to learn how to learn and I think that's a big part of what undergrad is I know this is I'm just rambling at this point but study strategies come into play when hold on let me rephrase that your study strategies should always move you towards understanding Okay, so this is the next point that I have. And it's kind of coming off of the studying idea. And it's off that question of how do you study? And I think when you're studying, when you're going about studying and um, 
we had this whole thing about learning. I think it's all up to you. Listen, they're gonna be, they're gonna be people that are gonna give you study strategies, maybe at your orientation, things like that. This is how you study. This is what you should do. This is what you shouldn't do. And I think there are some things, yeah, that you shouldn't do when you're studying, and it depends on the course. You know, things like uh, rewriting all your notes for a class that takes a lot, just is a lot of information, or, or a class is very visual, say. Rewriting all your notes for visual classes may not be the smartest thing to do. Maybe drawing pictures and labeling the pictures would be would be smarter. But in, unless it's that, you know, you have to craft your studying technique and cater it to you. Learning is uniquely individual. Learning is based on just the the wiring of your brain and everybody's brain is wired differently and it's just natural it's natural biology that it, it is so so when people come at you and say these are the study strategies that I have for you you shouldn't always take those to heart and always adhere by those you should take that you should take that as advice so here let me go over how I studied in, in college and in, in my undergrad when I went about studying for something, I generally went for the PowerPoints. And every class now will have PowerPoints. There are really no classes, except for actually one of my classes, we'll say two, one professor that I had uh, two classes with. Other than that, most people will have uh, PowerPoints. That one professor, he did a lot of stuff on the board. He was a genius. He would write out all of chemistry on the board and you you kind of just had to be there. You couldn't skip lecture or you miss all your notes. But it, those are very, very uncommon circumstances. Generally now professors go by the PowerPoint. They swear by it. A lot of the time they get PowerPoints from the manufacturers of the book, the, the publishers, and they use a lot of those slides and things like that. So what I did is I always got those PowerPoints and I printed them out printed out the powerpoints before the lecture and you I would always do or sometimes I would do a light skim of them so I would skim the powerpoint and just to see what what's what's going on I you you do not for me I would not skim over 5 minutes don't I wouldn't you know you're not you're not going to learn uh, I'm not I'm not skimming I'm not uh reading to learn I'm just reading to just see oh, okay we're going to cover this this thing today Oh, we're going to look at that. Oh, this is a cool picture. Let's see what he's going to say about that. Five minutes, depending on what the power, how many slides are on the PowerPoint. If there are like 100 slides on the PowerPoint, maybe take a little bit longer to sh uh, shuffle through them. But, oh, okay, here. And here, when you're, when just a, like a little pro tip with, uh, with PowerPoint, what I like to do, if you, need, if you need more space, you may not like this, but what I like to do was put six slides on a page and make them double or sorry yeah make them double sided so that i would i wasn't using one that much paper because you know we need to conserve paper and we need to save the planet so a lot maybe if you want to get an ipad that works too but i i like the um the paper and pencil or the paper and pencil yeah sorry paper and pencil in undergrad so you do the paper and pencil strategy you do the six slides per page and then you can kind of make your and the thing is what i think mentally for me uh, what when I had six slides on a page, what it was, was that 
I didn't see that it was that many uh, pages of notes. So for me, it didn't. Th- it didn't seem like oh man, I have so much stuff to study because if you print forty slides on like forty or maybe double sided twenty pieces of paper, it just looks like a mountain of work. But when you print six or four or six, nine gets too insane. You can't see anything. If you print that many slides on a page, you can kind of see that okay, you know, it's just it's just uh, five pages of notes instead of you know the former. So that that was another thing that you know that was what I would always do. I would print the slides out, six slides per page, double sided, and skim them a little bit before lecture. And then once you get to lecture, I would really the the way I learn I think is just just nonstop taking notes. A lot of the time when I'm in lecture, my head is in the notes. I rarely lift. I mean, if if they're writing something on the board. You know, I, I would say out of the time in lecture, probably 70% of the time, my head's down in the notes. And I'm writing notes. I'm just kind of transcribing, not, not transcribing word for word what the professor is saying. But if there's something that's not in the PowerPoints, I'm writing it down. And I'm connecting concepts. And I think that's the, the main thing when, when I'm going about uh, studying and why I think the six slides or multiple slides per page, why that works so well is that you're taking you can see all the slides you can see the slide that you're working on or the professor is talking about you can see the slide that they just talked about and you can see the slide that they're going to talk about so you have everything all the information in front of you you haven't gone through it all yet but you have you can connect concepts that way we are like okay we just talked about this and i think when he was talking about this he he was really referencing this and you can kind of draw arrows back and forth. And I love arrows. I love drawing arrows back and forth to things. So that that's, I think, if I can give a piece of advice in terms of how to take lecture notes, that's that's my biggest piece. Print out the slides and just keep on, you know, keep on writing in the lecture. Keep on, because, you know, a lot of the time they say writing is active learning. So keep on writing and keep on connecting concepts and write your own notes too. I mean, you you're going to sometimes you're going to write word for word what the professor says, you know, like I said, you know, they, they mentioned something that's not on the slides. You probably want to write that down because whatever the professor mentions is fair game for any exam, any quiz, any assessment. So that that's that's what I would say for that in terms of uh, lecture studying. And then uh, when you go about going home, you just review your notes and you review what you what you had in, in the. Um, in your in your powerpoints in your powerpoint printed out slides now now for that when you're going you could record if the professor allows if you you can record the lecture and then redo the slides from the beginning you just flip through them again listen to the lecture and then you just kind of do the same thing as you're listening you're taking more notes you're taking more notes you're highlighting the notes you had previously you're xing out the things you didn't have so right you're adding, you're drawing pictures, you're, you're anticipating what they're, what they're talking about next. So it's like you're tricking yourself into thinking that you know it, and you really do know it. Because you went to lecture, and you studied, and you did well, and that's a huge part of it too, going to lecture. Sometimes people can do it, and not, people can just not go to lecture, and they can just do that and they could study from the book and re- just review the powerpoints and 
and they're okay. But I think what it is when you're going to lecture is you're, you're carving out a time where you know you're going to get stuff done. If, if you do nothing else that day and you go to lecture, you feel a little bit, at least a little bit productive. So that's, that's what I would say is important too. I would go to lecture and when you're in lecture, just follow those. I mean, of course I, I'm giving you tips and stuff, but I, and I say follow, but you know, you, this may not work for you. You may want to do a typing sort of strategy where you have the notes in front of you and you're typing. You may want to do something else, just blank paper and paper, uh, blank paper, blank paper and paper. You're just rubbing two papers together. Uh, blank paper and pencil. Uh, and you're just doing it that way. It's all going to change. I'm just telling you what, what works for me and something a little bit different. And I really haven't seen many people do when you're just constantly just writing and then you're rewriting. Uh, because the first time that you're going into lecture, because I anticipate that you'll go to lecture, the first time that you go there and you, you go through the material after the skim, maybe you don't do your skim. You don't, you don't uh, do the five-minute skim before class. Whatever. That first time is the first pass through the material. You're going, at one t you're going through it one time, and you're just kind of seeing, okay, okay, this, this was pretty easy to do. I understand this, uh, this I'm a little bit iffy on. And then, you know, when you're, you're re-listening, you're listening to the lecture, say you, you can record, hopefully, you, that's your second pass. And you can just keep going through the material and keep going. And then slowly, you're taking things out of the, uh, I don't know it category. And you're putting them into the, I got this category. And that's what it takes. You know, for a lot of people, it may take a lot of times of repetition. Keep going through it, keep going through it, keep going through it. For some people, it'll take fewer. But repetition is a huge part of it. Repetition and 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 just keep keep at it. You know, don't leave notes. Don't leave things before the exam and cram things because cramming is just a hotbed of memorization. And the day after, you know, you take your exam and then you go home again, you'll remember nothing. But if you keep repeating and you just you you put it in your head that you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna understand these notes. I'm gonna understand this material and go through it and and take my time with it oh you're gonna get it and you're, you're gonna just be so much better off for it and i think overall the whole experience will be more fun for you because you just won't be worried all the time for you know this exam oh man you're gonna be worried for exams it's not worth the added stress of cramming and things like that and and the worrying for worrying and stressing about stressing and things like that you know, you're stressed enough. You don't, you, you're there to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life and plan things for the rest of your life and where you want to go, say, a graduate school or your job. What are you going to do next? Do you really need the added stress of, you know, cramming before an exam and thinking that you're going to fail because you, you only took, you know, three hours the night before to study? I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. So just keep that in mind. Keep in mind that it's all on you, but you've got this. And, you know, you've got the resources to do it, too. A lot of professors, they'll post their PowerPoint slides online. You've got the book. Uh, for me, I didn't really like the book. Uh, I would just go off the what the lecturer said because that's 99% of the time, whatever the lecturer said will be on the notes, will be, oh, sorry, on, on the assessment. And you've got all these resources. You've got each other. Here, let's talk about that for a little bit. 
you've got a whole group of people. You've got your class, the class of now, what is it? The class of 2023. You've, they've got your back. Oh, okay, hold on. Let, 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 let's approach this a little bit more carefully because I was a pre-med student, right? And pre-med students are notorious for competition, right? Because med schools are very competitive. And the, the pool of seats is very small for the amount of people that want to swim in the pool. So there's just general competition there. So a lot of people, <laughs> the, the same professor, the same professor that I had for Cell Bio, this is what he said about med students. He said med students would rather share their underwear than share their notes, than share their answers. And I just hate that. I, I hate that that's a thing. I hate that, you know, of course, they're not going to share underwear, but I hate that that's even um, so common, so so embedded in whatever culture that pre-med is that it uh, causes people to be so competitive and so individual and independent and and just kind of at odds with the people that are eventually going to be their colleagues. Because in medical school... It's the complete opposite. Right now, the people that I have met in medical school, they will give everything, any piece of whatever they have to help that other person. Anything they, that they have that they could do to help their fellow classmate, to help their future colleague, they will do. And why is it that way in undergrad? I know I'm speaking a lot to pre-med, but that's just the experience that I had. And I'm sure that it occurs in other schools, too. And, you know, it, it happens everywhere. And there are people that are competitive. They're the hot shots. They're the gunners. You know, the, have you heard the term gunners? The, the people that are just, they, they study for the whole course before the course. And then they're just there to answer questions and kind of show off that they can answer questions. Don't don't be afraid of those people. Don't be afraid of not knowing anything. Don't be don't being afraid of feeling that you don't know everything because, you know, whatever it is, you you don't know everything. If you're going into study biology or philosophy or art, who knows everything? Does the greatest artist in the world know all about art? No, he doesn't. He doesn't know everything there is to know about art. He's still learning. You're still learning. So keep that in mind. I think we have to be a little bit more humble, uh, just generally, and we have to be a little bit more caring of who's sitting next to us on that first day of orientation, on the first day of class, because those people that are sitting next to you there will eventually be sitting next to you at graduation and then sitting next to you in whatever, and they're standing next to you in all walks of life. Because now we're going to get very philosophical here. Because we are all humans. We are all participating in this thing that we call the human experience. And we all feel pain and we all feel pleasure and we all feel stress. And, you know, it sucks sometimes, but sometimes it's a lot of fun. So why, why stress and why feel pain when you don't have to? It's just not worth it. It's not worth it. it. And it's not worth it when you're going to college 
to learn something and to expand your mind and things like that to feel stress and to feel pain because the whole idea of being there is expanding your mind and expanding your horizons and learning something new and caring about something new and understanding something new and new experiences and this and that. It should be one of the most fun times in your life. There should be no stress or as little stress as there can be. So, uh, I don't know. Those are my two cents. Here, I'll leave you with this. I had an epiphany the <laughs> last week of school. And uh, it's it's interesting because um, I just I, I came back from class. You know, it was a long day of school. And it was kind of driving home a little bit later. And there was a little bit of traffic, so I was kind of stuck in traffic and you know, bumper to bumper a little bit. And, and I was stuck behind this person. And I was like, ah, why can't it move? Why this sucks? This sucks. Why do they keep us at school so long and this and that? And I have to go home now and do this and, and review that. And it sucks. And and then it just struck me. Wait, I I'm at the point. At a point in my life right now where I will experience the greatest portion of my learning. And in, the, in that way, I mean the greatest amount of learning that I could have at one point or another, right? I'm just constantly learning things and, and changing to things and changing to adapt to things. And I thought, isn't this, shouldn't this be the best time? Shouldn't I just be going every day and and just be happy to learn? Because later on in life, I, I said, you know, you're going to learn. You're going to learn as you you grow, but you're going to learn through experience. You're not going to just learn. You're not going to learn and sit down and, and study things like you do now and learn through learning and learn through others. Like, I mean, your professors, I mean, you're going to always learn through other people, but it just won't be this literal anymore. It's going to be more... You're not going to notice it. You're not going to notice it in the day-to-day. And that's just me saying that. You know, I'm not. I'm, I'm still a student, so I'm not exactly sure of the experience of the those w- out of school because my whole life I've been in school. But that's just what I think. And I think that's what I, I have to tell myself, too, to kind of keep at just the whole idea of school and you have to tell yourself that too because you're there for a reason one being that you applied and you you paid to go there and the other being that you want to do it so appreciate that you have that opportunity to do it appreciate that you're in college now and you're you're expanding and you're you're growing and appreciate the people that are there to do that with you and appreciate that you have the chance now to do to help people that haven't gotten that same opportunity so i think i'll end it there remember to keep on laughing you're going to have to keep on studying and Just keep on having fun. I'll see you in the next one.